Welcome to another episode. Today, I'm joined by Brian Eisenhower, who's not only a real estate broker, but also a nationally recognized real estate speaker, trainer, and coach, and someone who quite literally wrote the book on building an agent's sphere of influence. You can find that book on Amazon. It's called SOI, Building a Real Estate Agent's Sphere of Influence. And one of my other favorites as well, Prospect, the Real Estate Lead Generation Manual. See, there's two things I think you should be doing to set yourself up for success in this business. The first is building and managing your SOI and finding ways to continually leverage and grow that sphere of influence. If you don't have a database and you're not marketing to your SOI, if you don't have them on a sort of annual contact strategy, then you're leaving a lot of opportunity on the table. It should be easy for you to get constant repeat and referral business from your core SOI, right? The second thing that you can do once you've identified your SOI and you're marketing to them and you have them on an annual contact plan, then you can start building that marketing flywheel. Then you can start prospecting and finding other ways to continue to add people to your pipeline. We're going to talk about all of that and more in this episode with one of the best in the industry, the guy who literally wrote the book on marketing to your SOI and generating leads, Brian Eisenhower. Let's go. Welcome to the Weekly Boost. My name is Ricardo Bueno, and I'm a 10-year veteran of the real estate industry. And this podcast is dedicated to taking an honest look at the reality of marketing and growing your real estate business. My guess is you want to close more deals, whether it's working with buyers or sellers. But it's not as easy as some people, like bullshit marketers, would have you believe. I spend my day consulting with some of the best agents in the industry, which basically means I have a front row seat to the behind the scenes of world-class marketing campaigns and listing strategies, and I'm here to unveil some of those strategies and tactics with you. Listen in as I share what's good in real estate and the world of marketing. Let's go. Before we jump into today's episode, here's a quick word from our sponsor. I know you're probably sick of hearing that you need a CRM, and trust me, I'm a little sick of telling you that you need one too. The trouble with most CRMs out there is that they're so tough to figure out. They're stuffed with so many bells and whistles that it feels more like a computer science project than a simple way to organize your contacts. And the truth is, CRMs are not supposed to be that complicated. That's why I love Follow-Up Boss. Not only is it easy to set up and get started, it integrates with all of your most important lead sources. You'll get instant access to pre-written drip campaigns and action plans, and features like SmartList help you take the guesswork out of who to call next, and so much more. So whether you're an experienced CRM pro looking for something more powerful, or even if you're just starting out and only have a handful of buyers or sellers to add to your database, Follow-Up Boss is worth taking a look at. To learn more, visit followupboss.com. If you start a free trial, email me and ask me about my custom drip campaigns designed to help you follow up like a boss. Let's jump in. All right. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I'm very excited today to be joined by Brian Eisenhower. Brian, how are you? Great. How are you doing, Ricardo? Doing well, doing well. So for those of you that don't know, Brian's the author of a couple of my favorite books. One of them is SOI, Building a Real Estate Agent's Fear of Influence, and we'll dive deep into that subject matter in a second. And the second is a book called Prospect, The Real Estate Agent Lead Generation Manual. So Brian's a nationally recognized real estate trainer, speaker, and coach, and head of Eisenhower Coaching and Consulting. 
basically the way I look at you, Brian, is that there's nobody better in the industry to give us a playbook for really conquering our sphere of influence and building a pipeline of future business. So I'm super stoked to have you here. Thank you so much for taking the time and uh, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it, Ricardo. Yeah, pretty exciting. Like in those over the, I've been in real estate for about 30 years now. And in that time, I've more than a few cycles. What's that? Yeah, more than a few cycles. cycles. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a few real estate cycles. It's, uh, and over the years, technology, which you know so well, has been such an increasingly important part of the game, especially lately, it seems like. It seems like the uh, the more more recent you get, the more and more technology is picking up steam in in (laughs) ways that we as, and I want to say that in in a positive way. Yeah, of course. Technology is picking up steam as a way to help us do our job a lot better and a lot more effectively and earn a lot more income. I think technology should augment the things that you do. You shouldn't use it as as an excuse to stop doing the things that you have to do. Or embrace fear from it or (laughs) using certain products, not using other products or joining certain companies, not joining certain companies. Exactly. Not to be afraid of, it's just a bunch of tools to help us do our job a lot more efficiently and effectively, I think. Exactly. It's the important way to, to embrace that. And you'll see it's sure got a lot easier, man. You know, implementing technology in 2020 is much easier than implementing technology in the year 2000. <laughs> you say that and some people probably still think, yeah, sure. I'm still trying to figure out or make heads or tails of my yeah. CRM. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And now there's little pictures you can just click on and things just happen, you know, you know, like it's nice. (laughs) So yeah. And the two books you mentioned, Ricardo, that you had read of mine, Prospect, Mm -hmm. the Real Estate Lead Generation Manual and Sphere of Influence or SOI are two of my most popular books. I think I've written, but I know I've written about 12 of them, but those two, it's interesting you've read those two because those two to me, between them, cover all the different ways you can generate business in real estate. Right. Okay. So SOI is how you cultivate and grow and generate business from a group of people that you already know to some degree. Right. Right. So that's cultivating your book of business of people that you already know. Right. Which, which is great. Very few, few real estate agents do that purposefully though. <laughs> Does that mean like it's I mean a hundred percent? It's one out of every maybe a thousand agents. Okay. So think of the size of your local MLS and realize that it's one out of every a thousand agents, maybe 500, but it's definitely not lower than 500. That, that, I'll that's wild you. when you put it into that perspective. Yeah. <laughs> that only one out of those 500, let's say, to be super conservative here is actually purposefully working their sphere of influence, staying in contact with them, making sure they reach out to them through a bunch of different communication channels and network to stay first of mind, to add value, to come from contribution so that people look at you as their realtor. Their go-to. Yeah. So so you bring up an excellent point and I average what? Maybe 40 to... 60 appointments, uh, one-on-one appointments with agents on a good month. That's a lot of, that's a lot of appointments. That's a lot of meetings with, with agents that have, are doing six transactions, trying to get to 10, but also some agents that are doing 30 transactions, 40 or 50 transactions. And what's funny is one of the, the area that I like to start is I like to start with referrals. 
So how can we get more repeat and referral business? And what are you doing right now to get more repeat and referral business? Because I look at referrals as a layup, right? To, uh-huh. to give a basketball analogy, you get a referral from a past client, that's a layup. You work on online lead or you're doing a print campaign or you're working any other type of lead source, that's a tough three-point contested shot. That's true. That you got to put a lot more work and practice into. And so a lot of the agents that I meet, unfortunately, their database is their phone. They're not working a sort of... They don't have a systematic process for working a database and for getting more repeat and referral business. And they're... they. I don't know. They just don't have a system or a process. Right, right. No, so and you've, that's... you've literally built your business on, on helping top producers leverage and maximize their sphere of influence. So why, why the, the big disconnect, I guess, number one? Well, number one, I, I don't... I, the way that I see the real estate industry lined up is one of the reasons I do what I do right now. I, mm-hmm. over, over my career, I built some very large real estate brokerages, some of those 300, 400, 500 agents in some of those. And I'm still an owner of uh, quite a few of those, right? But I don't, awesome. have, I don't devote much time to them at all. I have right. other partners that, that oversee them and I still train for them a little bit and add value and, and coach some people in them and things like that. But for the most part, doing that, I mean, those were, you add all those brokerages together, you've got 2,000, 3,000 agents at any given time over right. the course of three decades, you start to realize, wow, a very small percentage of these guys are actually doing what we tell them to do. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like you right. start to, you, and, it, and then you, then you get real frustrated and you go through the range of emotions. Sometimes you change business models because of it until you ultimately realize, wait a minute, that's just the way it is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's, there are tons of agents and there's tons of people who say they need to get in shape, but they can't wake <laughs> up and go to the gym. Says they need to start they, eating healthy. They Say, buy the gym membership, but they don't go to the gym. Right. They need to stop drinking alcohol. They need to drink <laughs> less wine. They need to go to church more. All of those things that we find out that really get us what we want in life tend to be the hardest things for us to make ourselves do. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, if you look at like how to make your life better and you look at all the different avenues of your life, you're like, well, I really should bear down and do that one hard part of my job that I need to. <laughs> but that's the one thing you're not doing, right? You're not right. doing sit-ups, you're not watching your diet. And if all of those things that get you where you want, we as humans have a very hard time getting there. So when you ask why don't they, I'll say that's why. Number two, I'm not going to argue it because that's what gives us a lot of job security because as real estate coaches and consultants, we pride ourselves in getting our clients to finally do what they need to do. You're the accountability lever. Right, right. right. And, that's, and, and so that's, where, that's why that is. It's a very small... I mean, you can, you can expand it out to any multiple listing service. If you look at the bottom 50% of agents in any MLS, they haven't sold a thing. Not a right. single transaction in the last 12 months. Right. And you'll see that the top 10, 15% of all the agents in your MLS will do 85, 90% of all the business. Right. And we pride ourselves in representing most of those types of clients at ICC. So we represent the majority of the top producing agents and teams, depending on where they're located and what their price point is and things like that. And usually the number one or two agent in any MLS, any city, any state, things like that, those, are, those tend to be the coaching clients that we coach. Right. Oftentimes they've already been to another coaching company that kind of teaches a one system fits all program to generate more business. We're a little bit more of a customized, higher producing 
outfit, if that makes sense. Our clientele definitely is looking to sell a lot more real estate a lot more quickly. So yeah. we have a little inside track. And that's why I made the switch, quite frankly, into focusing more of my time on consulting because then I could really focus on the people that really wanted the help. Right. And hey, listen, I, I think there's something to be said for having that accountability, that layer of accountability. When I built my first startup, I hired a business coach and I knew what I needed to do. I, need, I knew what I was working on. I didn't, I didn't think I needed the business coach to tell me the strategy behind what I was doing, but I definitely needed that accountability. Right. Somebody right. that I can meet regularly with was going to hold me accountable to the actions that I said I was going to take and see me to my end goal. And yeah, and work through all the obstacles. That's the thing. There's just so there many is. obstacles with setting these things up. And you know what I mean? And, and it's so easy to quit all the way along the, the well, way. Self-doubt creeps in too. <laughs> yeah, a lot of problems that you're going to hit, especially with technology and marketing and, 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 and responses from people and things like that, where we have to, we have to kind of hold the, hold the course. So yeah, that's what we do. And that's why we do it. Because we found we've been able to have the greatest impact on the industry if we just focus, with, focus on the ones that want to receive it. Yeah. Not everybody in a real estate brokerage is a even de- dedicated full time. <laughs> That's yeah. true, and they haven't. You know, they've they've signed on to be an agent and have a very flexible career in real estate where they don't have a boss. So it doesn't <laughs> feel right to go in there and start telling everybody what to do. And that wasn't the plan <laughs> at the beginning. So you. Right. So if you really want people to embrace systems to increase productivity, you, you got to find the agents that want seriously want those results. Right. We've, we've been fortunate in that department, that's for sure. So how do we go about building our SOI and, and what does that really look like? In one of your books, you, you start one of your chapters by saying you're more popular than you think. Yeah. And so yeah. Like, like I have agents that we've, they have, their phone is their database. They have 5,000 contacts in their phone. They say, well, this is my SOI. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't think it's, it's good to say that. I don't think it's a fair assessment to say that you're personally connected and it's maybe... Nice to think that all 5,000 of those people are going to refer us yeah. customers. Yeah. <laughs> but that's probably not the case. So how do we really zero in on who are, if we were to create buckets or segments, how do we really segment our database in order to prioritize who we follow up with and how we engage them? All right. And I'll keep it real basic to start. Okay. So basically, remember I was referencing those two books you read, SOI right. and Prospect. SOI is everybody that knows who you are by name. Okay. Okay. So that's, that's the general prospect applies to people who you don't know and they don't know who you are. Right. Okay, so when you're lead generating or prospecting for business from people you don't know, for example, expired listings, um, right. or sale by owner prospecting, circle prospecting, door knocking, tons of online lead generation comes from people you don't know. Right. Right? Then you've got your SOI, which is people you do know. And there, like you said, we're trying to grow it first, right? Mm-hmm. So typically you are going to have a lot of contacts of people that know who you are by name. They may not even know you and they may not even have met you, but as long as they know who you are by name, like for example, you may have not met your buddy's girlfriend, but you're both friends on Facebook. You've liked each other's comments a little bit. So you know who each other are by name. That right. would count for me. Does that make sense? Yeah, but if absolutely. you meet someone in an open house on the weekend and you just bump into each other, <laughs> and they show the house and you leave and you get their contact information from the open house guest list. That's still a prospect. That's not an SOI <laughs> because they don't know who you are. You just, be, I mean, they're not remembering. You didn't make that type of impact. Right. You know what I mean? Or they just think about you nonstop. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's, you, you haven't established that relationship, that trust, that rapport yet. Right. 
you see what I'm saying? Now that's a prospect. I mean, that is a, that's a customer that we could soon turn into a client if we stay with them, if we nurture them. And we do a lot of the things we talk about in the book prospect. So we stay, you know, we nurture them, we add value, we come from contribution and we stay with them. Now we're actually cultivating a prospect that may eventually become a good enough relationship where we think that they can move into our sphere of influence. Right. And you'll see, I mean, if you quickly want to grow your SOI, starting with your phone is probably the best place. You just start going alphabetically and looking for people that you know you know well enough. And like I said, when I say you know them well enough, they just have to know you. They have to recognize the name. If someone were to say, hey, man, do you, hey, you, you live in Orange County. Great. Do you know Ricardo Bueno? And they go, yeah, I know him. He's with real estate. Yeah, that's good. I count him because he knows you. Any, <laughs> any marketing you give to that person, it's not going to be received as spam. Right. It's going to be received as a communication from someone that they have a relationship with, which is totally different. Is, right? it fair, is it fair to say that if you're worried that they're going to view your marketing as spam, that's because you maybe haven't done an effective yeah. job of marketing them or delivering value? Yeah, correct. And I mean, we're talking about, understand, it is reasonable to expect that if you put 500 people in your SOI, that some people might consider some of your communication spammy. Mm-hmm. And you're just going to have to get okay with that. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I get lots of communication from a lot of people professionals and companies that I truly respect that I think is spammy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, it's just the way it works. What is it? Is it, is it that we're oftentimes thinking about this the wrong way? We're, we're, in other words, checking a box and sending out a newsletter instead of really thinking, putting the customer first? Yeah, I think some of it. I mean, I think that, I mean, I hate commercials, but I respect them. So if I'm watching TV and I see Budweiser 10 times, I'm thinking, God, I hate this Budweiser commercial. <laughs> but I'm also thinking, man, I need to go buy a Budweiser. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like it's, they, it's a little different with Budweiser though. Like I, or people like Budweiser, I don't, but people like Budweiser because they like the beer. In real estate, people like realtors because they do a good job of marketing and selling homes. If right. you're out there showing how well you market, all you're doing is evidencing how good your beer tastes. <laughs> Does that make sense? Kind of right. in a weird way? Yeah. So you're showing how good of a marketer you are. So they're actually impressed with you. Like, oh, I want this guy to sell my house. This guy's all over it. Budweiser, (laughs) Budweiser, Budweiser. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? So what's a good, if we had to narrow it down, I I think that contact, the number of contacts is sort of the name of the game. So Mm -hmm. if we were to develop an effective, what does an effective contact and conversion process look like for your sphere of influence? For your sphere of influence, we we, we use what we call an annual database contact plan, right? And it's something (laughs) our coaches work out with our clients. And depending on the client, you know, we're we're a very custom fit company depending on our different clients and Mm -hmm. their different needs and markets and price points and and whatnot. But for the most part, we're looking to set up an annual database contact plan that's somewhere between 35 and 40 contacts a year per SOI member. And that's a combination of things like emails, mailers, social media contacts, telephone calls, texts, maybe a Christmas card, maybe a birthday card. Everyone's different in what they do. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now we give lots of examples and coach them on different things they could do, but ultimately the client picks on their plan. Right. Some plans cost more money, like more mailers. Right. Some plans require more activity, like you might be doing a lot of bot buys, like where you're meeting people face-to-face right. a lot of time, get 500 people done in a year. That's going to be hard. <laughs> so, and that's why we group people in our database typically. Typically, we're going to have A clients, B clients, C clients, and our mm-hmm. SOI of 500 people. So 
let's say we've got 50 past clients in there. Those are really, really strong clients. There might be 20 clients in there that have referred us other people. That would be my A plus clients, mm-hmm. right? My past clients might be my A clients. My other A clients might be just people that I know are my strongest advocates, family members, best friends, spouses, real close people. Then Bs might be just people we know that are friends from a long time, you know, right. and, 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 you know, and we, and we can start going to less and less frequency. So we can, so, we can diversify the amount of frequency th- and this contacts is, we make. This is kind of the 80-20 rule. You, if you focus on giving the best experience to 20%, mm-hmm. your top 20% of your advocates, the theory is you'll get more business out of that than if you spent your time marketing to everyone in your database just the same. Absolutely. Yeah, that's been proven time and time again. And, and what's funny is we get out there and we see all these different things on YouTube and the internet about all these different cool ways to generate business. <laughs> yeah. But really 80% of it's done through sphere of influence. Right. I mean, it's always been that way. Somewhere between 78 and 82% of all real estate transactions in America have been done with realtors that the client either knew or knew someone that knew them. Wow. And that's always been that way. That's the National Association of Realtors study of home buyers and home sellers. Yeah. And every year they come out with it, at least as long as I've been doing it. And um, it's always been 70 to 82%. So that's why your top agents always have a strong SOI. Right. And if it's a top agent that doesn't have a strong SOI and just gets all their leads from people they don't know, that's a very dangerous, shaky business, right? Well, now. you're just fishing for the next transaction, right? You're transaction-based. Oh, yeah. You're in trouble. You're always trying to get the next paycheck to pay your bill. That's right. Gosh. No business coming to you. So work, the t- work your best advocates and then the goal should be convert anybody else upstream, right? Convert somebody that's a B into an A. In a very general sense, we're always trying to cultivate and grow our SOI while we are also trying to prospect through other sources to meet new people we don't know, nurture them until they become a part of our SOI. Right. So that could be done through marketing. It could be done through farming. It could be done tons of different ways to meet people we don't know. At at, um, ICC, we talk about a concept called an online ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's that? It's kind of a unique, it's, it's, it's something we really started to implement when uh, the coronavirus hit. Okay. And when that hit, it was almost like, hey, everybody's been saying you need to go technology-based. You need to get on social media. You need to get, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? And guess what? Now you have to. <laughs> like, it's like, finally, I've been, I've been hearing this was coming We've for We've been saying years. this for years. <laughs> I didn't think it was coming because of a pandemic. But yeah, so now it's like, you know, like, uh, oh, what do we do, right? So now funny. we started creating this online ecosystem where, think about it, we're, you know, we're building that SOI at the base of it, right? Right. Then we're, we're trying to identify a couple other sources from people we don't know that we want to get to know, okay? Right. And every client's different, but it's very common to say, I'm a realtor in this town, but I really want to work in this neighborhood because the neighborhood I live in or I live next to, or the neighborhood's got a high price point or whatever, right? right? I want to be, I want to dominate. So we don't know everybody that lives in that neighborhood, but we do know the neighborhood. So we help the clients get the contact information, set up the campaigns to start the farming campaigns to start. And and we do that through this whole online ecosystem, right? Even with our SOI as well, the people we do know, right? So what we're going to do is we're going to hit them on social media and we'll do that with a combination. Again, it depends on where you are and your coach kind of gets involved with so you there. Th- to be clear, and I just want to clarify for everyone listening, this is more than just phone calls, emails, and mailers. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Much more. Like, the, yeah, I mean, we have lots of communication channels we need to hit here. And social media, 
online marketing is a huge part of that. And that's where most people just don't know where to go. You right. know what I mean? Like they don't, they, they have, they're, they're bombarded with options. Here, you know? so they, they usually try one cheap option. <laughs> I've noticed that. Like that doesn't work that way. But, uh, but it's like, I, got, I, get, I did something. But yeah, no, we're, we're trying to do a lot. So for example, just with social media, just within the social media arena, we're typically going to work our organic friends, right? The people that right. we're connected with as friends on Facebook, followers on Instagram, people that are already following our pages. Those are, I'm going to refer to those as our, our organic reach on social right. media, right? And so we're going to coach on best practices there, how to stay relevant, how to communicate with our SOI, how to create an SOI Facebook list where we just look at our SOI's posts and interact and engage with them. But then we also got to go to those people we don't know. Remember the prospect, right? Ones, right? So then we're going to start maybe boosting to that geographic farm, that neighborhood. We're going to boost some posts at that neighborhood. We might even retarget some Facebook ads at that neighborhood or that community, right? maybe even a school in that area or a business in that area, right? Target. So we'll do that. And that's starting to build that online ecosystem, right? So now they, you know, they may be getting the mailers, they may be getting the emails, they may see your signs in the neighborhood, whatever we're doing to market. And now every time someone in that neighborhood is going on social media, they're seeing you again. Giving, the, giving the impression of this guy's everywhere. He's dominating. No one markets harder than this guy. Why would we ever hire your cousin to list our house? That's exactly right. We've never seen your cousin. This guy does everything. Right. You see what I'm saying? And you just prove it because you create this ecosystem where they can't run from you. Right. Like they go outside, they see your sign. They go to the doorstep, they see a flyer. They go to the mailbox, they get a mailer. Right. You know, they they go online, they see you there. You know, know, there's... There's tons of ways to create that ecosystem where it's almost like within six months, you are viewed by your local public as the dominant agent in your area, even though you don't have the sales to support it yet. Right. So, so that's the online ecosystem, right? So we're, we're trying to pull all that together. So we're marketing our SOI, maybe putting up a geographic farm where we're doing this with. So we're kind of cross right. the organic with the boosted posts and the retargeting ads. We can do it with farming. I mean, I've seen people speed it up by throwing some traditional prospecting in there. I've got a few clients that love to prospect expireds and FISBOs in a really large farm area. So they're always trying to get new listings in their farm that way. Yeah, um, I, I had an agent that I interviewed last week. He did 30 transactions his first year in the business just going after FISBOs and expireds. Yeah, we have a lot of clients. It's a great <laughs> way to get in business now. I don't see it as the best method for longevity, though. Sooner or later, right. We want that business coming back to you because you're, they're members of your SOI now. And right. they want you to resell that house you bought them, you, know, you bought for them a while back. So uh, are there any good segments of the market right now that you see as a good opportunity? And so to put some context to the question, we interviewed a Cole Realty Resource a couple of weeks ago, and we talked about how to leverage data to win more listings. Mm-hmm. So one subset might be people who have own a condo or a townhouse for the last two to five years. They're recognizing, hey, we're on lockdown during a pandemic. (laughs) Uh, Suddenly house has a new meaning and I'm tired of using the closet as a office. There you go. That's a big one right now too. That's a big trend right now is, uh, you know, people want a little bit more elbow room. Right. So yeah, that's great. Another one I've seen, you know, depending on the market you're in right now, like in the expired market, there aren't a lot of expired listings because we have such low inventory. However, Mm -hmm. you can very easily acquire the contact information for expired listings from two years ago and people that tried to sell two years ago, but couldn't. And now their house is worth about 10, 15% more. 
and they could easily get that price they want. Right. They don't know it. A lot of those. FISBOs, I think we have a real strong FISBO market coming, mainly because there's such low inventory. Sellers are starting to get, I think a lot of sellers out there are confused by the market because they're not sure in this new world of post-coronavirus, is it really a good time to sell your, your house? Is the real estate market really good? So they're not really bought in on that yet, Maybe although we all know perception is I can maximize right. my equity if I don't go through an agent. Right. So yeah, I think that if even if they get wind of how hot the market is, then even more so, they're going to say, well, I can just sell it myself. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I do see a big FISBO market with a lot of people attempting to FISBO, which is actually a good thing because that means, because I think it's, uh, last time I checked, I want to say 70%, this was an NAR stat too, 70% of FISBOs ultimately list and sell with a realtor. Mm. So then it's just a matter of like any other database, it's a FISBO, we got to start contacting them, we got to start adding value, we got to make them like us, even though they think that our job means nothing, it's not worth anything. So we got to build rapport, we got to help them out, we got to nurture them over a period of six to eight weeks until they decide they want to have someone they'll sell their house and they want to get this done. And that'll be right. you if you've been nice and not argued them too much. And <laughs> kept adding value. So, but that's, that's an, I mean, those are examples. Like there's tons of other ways to create that online ecosystem. I've seen it done very well with large real estate teams or even small boutique brokerages right. where they've all got their own SOIs. They're all being purposeful about their posting. They're all targeting different demographics of people they don't know. And it just creates, what it does, it starts to create a lot of noise. I've, we've got some teams where they're required to, to uh, create and publish every member of the team, at least one video on social media a week. I was going to say, you're leveraging the power of the group. Correct. The, and the they're leveraging power of the, group. power of the team to give them recognition and, and credibility. Yeah, that's a, a newer agent. That's an abundance mentality. By just showing all the activity being out in front and, and then the team and, and the coach holds them accountable to make sure they're doing their posts. They're interacting with right. other members' posts and, and their SOI to make sure this stuff is not just happening naturally. That's what we don't want. We don't want social media to ever be natural or we'll just get stuck browsing on it and reading it all day long and wasting time. <laughs> we have to have something we're trying to accomplish. Which, which is easy to do, by the way. I Massively, think yeah. To if you don't have organization to your day, if you don't have structure to your day, it's easy to get caught up in the busy work and convince yourself that you're being productive. Agreed. Agreed, agreed, agreed. So yeah, so I think that's the important thing there is, is making sure that there is accountability behind all this because I know a lot of you guys are listening to this saying, man, I'm going to do all this. This makes sense. And other people <laughs> saying what, I, what I already know I should do. That's what they always say is I already know that. I mean, I'm telling me I know it. I kick myself. Well, the, the, the person that actually takes action. Action is the person that gets somebody else involved that makes sure they're going to get it done. I don't care if that's your wife or your 12-year-old or your <laughs> or whoever, your business partner or, or, or yourself. Right. Get someone else, a coach, somebody to empower you to do the stuff you need, know you need to do. And I, I wanted to close this off with this because this one really stuck out to me and I forget where it came up, but uh, closing is not a one-time event. Closing happens at every stage in the process, whether you're trying to close an appointment a contract or agreement, right. a price reduction, a counter offer, so on and so forth. You wrote, that, you wrote that in one of your books. And I think too often we forget, always sounds funny to say, Glengarry Glen Ross, right? Always be closing. Boy, I, and if you don't close me, I will, <laughs> I, I, I will tell you, if someone doesn't close me, it drives me crazy because all you've done is left a lot of stress in my brain. <laughs> and I still have to make the decision. 
because you couldn't tell me what I need to do to get what I want. And you're the professional. Right. Can you imagine going to a doctor? The doctor's like, well, I don't know. I mean, I see it could oh. be a tumor. Maybe it's not. I'm <laughs> the not anxiety. Sure. It's really up to you. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden I'm so stressed out. I came to you, dude, tell me what to do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like, so if you're doing that, if you're like, well, I don't know. I mean, there's three offers. They all look pretty good. Which one do you want to go with? <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like, or like, here's a request for all the repairs you should make. So how does this strike you? What you know, oh, like, my oh, gosh. you're empowering them to think now. That's good. That's like a doctor telling me how we should handle my cancer treatment. Yeah. Always assume the sale and, and move, set the expectation for what's going to happen next. Yeah. They want someone confident. You're never going to go into a great attorney, the best attorney in your town and have him sit down and start asking you questions about what you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, right. he's going to say, here's what I recommend. Here's why. Here's what you need to do. And there probably won't be any other options. Same right. with a doctor. They just say, here it is. Matter of fact. Well, right. if you're a realtor and you want to be a professional, maybe pick up on some of those clues. Brian, where can we find you and learn more about what you guys do? We are at EisenhowerCoaching.com. That's I-C-E-N-H-O-W-E-R. EisenhowerCoaching.com. Again, my name is Brian Eisenhower. You can find me everywhere. You can find us on social media, Instagram. We've got a great podcast as well called The Real Estate Trainer. You can check that out just by going to Eisenhower Coaching. You can check out all our books, all of our online courses, check out what our coaching program look like. You can even do a free coaching call with one of our coaches to check it out and give it a test and see if you like it. Um, awesome. Happy, happy to do that for any of you guys. Thank you so much for taking the time, Brian. We really appreciate you. Awesome. As always, Ricardo, talk to you later. Thanks. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Weekly Boost. If you got value out of this episode, do me a favor. Head on over to iTunes to subscribe and leave a review so we can reach more people and change more lives with this content. Oh, and one more thing. Do you want to know how effective your online marketing strategy is? In order to succeed in real estate, you need to learn how to market yourself well. Find out how your marketing strategy stacks up against the competition by visiting ricardobueno.com forward slash audit. Answer a few simple questions and get an instant audio course on how to level up your marketing today. Again, that's ricardobueno.com forward slash A-U-D-I-T. See you next time. Thank you.